sitting at the house of mercy on the water's edge was a man who met the Savior, so the gospel said. Waiting there he was with the leper and the lame till an angel it was told down from heaven came folks came from all around near and far just to sit here at the house of mercy waiting for the waters to stir we're just sitting mercy waiting for the waters to stir everything evens out in this world the rich have their ice in the summer but the poor get theirs in the winter It's, it's good to see you. We're grateful you're here. Yeah. Um, it's good to be, get, to be able to be together in these crazy and uncertain times. So thank you for being here today. It's good to see you. This first Sunday of Advent. Yes, the first Sunday of Advent. Um, each week in Advent, they'll, they'll be announcing a new uh, variant <laughs> uh, for the year, for the season. No. Yeah. Um, also, we're going to say... Uh, Hello to everybody at home, listening oh, at yeah. home. Good to, yeah. Glad you're listening. Yeah. We're, it's all fine here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say hello to this band. Uh, so good to have you guys back and have that extended. Uh... So nice. So good. Yeah. And a pian- piano player here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Paul, good to have Paul on the keyboards. Okay, sorry. Um, Oh, yeah, I'm very excited about next week. I forgot how excited I was about next week because uh, next week after church is uh, Debbie's book release and uh, reading and uh, party. She's published a new book, uh, Magnificat. Tell us a little bit about it. It's called uh, God Who Never Stopped Considering Women. It's actually, it's from an Argentinian publisher. They've been publishing some of my books in Spanish, and they wanted an original book, so I gave them some sermons on women. That's what they wanted, was sermons. So that's always awesome when someone actually wants sermons. So. <laughs> we always want sermons from you, too. Here, uh, so, yeah. Um, oh, there's going to be empanadas from Beludo. They're Argentinian empanadas, Argentinian wine, there's going to be music from Angel. Mostly it's just going to be fun. But there will be books to sell and sign. And you're going to read a little bit. Read a little and, bit. And do, sign some books. And sign some books. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is anybody else a little freaked out about the uh, Omni Theater variant or whatever? It's called? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask Michelle what she thought when she came in. But yeah. I thought she probably gets asked that all the time. Okay, yeah, that's, what, that's why I, I didn't ask you. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to say. Well, so um, hopefully uh, we 
we'll all be here. It'll be great next week. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, oh, were you going to announce your book? Oh yeah, study. Uh, okay, we um, starting uh, the second first Tuesday of uh, December. Second second one. We're starting this book study on uh, radical theology, a great new book by John Caputo, and. Uh, this is going to be, this book study is going to be available in person um, and over Zoom. That's great. Yeah. A hybrid. Hybrid. Yeah. We call it a hybrid in the business. Yeah. Seems like good If you're planning. interested, please talk to me afterwards. Right. I think that's it. All right. This is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. One by one, 
I'm just for going over Jordan. I'm just for going over home. I'll soon be free from every trial. This form will rest beneath the sun. I'll drop the cross of self-denial and enter in my home with God. I'm going there to see my Savior who shed for me his precious blood. I'm just a going over Jordan. I'm just a going over home. Join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, help us be alert to the sounds and signs of good news, something flickering on the horizon, perhaps, that might make it possible for our hearts to be light instead of heavy, anticipation of redemption instead of foreboding. Help us hear good news here in the midst of what is. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Let's share a sign of peace without passing germs. I thought it'd be appropriate to invite one of my in-laws up to sing for us today. Someone who I've had the, <laughs> I've had the pleasure of listening to around uh, every campfire and before every family dinner for almost ever since my sister brought him home. Please give a warm house of mercy welcome to Jeff Laskowski. Uh, thank you, John, for the wonderful introduction, and uh, thank you for the uh, to the House of Mercy for uh, welcoming me here. Um, so, Reverend Russell had mentioned something about worry, and um, just coincidentally, um, the songs that I'm gonna, that I'm going to sing for you, share with you today, uh, one of them is very explicitly about worry. Uh, the next one, um, uh, a little bit about anxiety and restlessness, and you know, we've certainly had our share of worry anxiety, uh, concern for the last couple of years with the COVID crisis and certainly with uh, some of the other events that have gone, uh, that have happened here in the Twin Cities. So um, when I chose this first song, I thought to myself, what keeps us going? What is it that, that allows us to, um, uh, to kind of get past or, you know, kind of overstep that worry, that concern uh, that is often constantly with us? And... Um, you know, for each of us, it could be something different. It could be uh, a family member. It could be a, um, uh, you know, a, a favorite song, a favorite meal, a, uh, you know, something that we have in our lives. And um, this song is actually, a, the first song is, uh, is called Worried Man Blues. It's a folk song that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. It's been recorded and performed by a number of different um, performers, uh, the Carter family, Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger, 
and um, that's the uh, the Pete Seeger version is probably one of my favorites, and it's uh, sort of his version is what I uh, uh, based my own on. So uh, the first song is Worried Man Blues. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. Takes a worried man to sing a worried song. I'm worried now, but I won't be worried long. I went across the river and I laid down to sleep. I went across the river and I laid down to sleep. I went across the river. I laid down to sleep when I woke up I had shackles on my feet Twenty-nine links A chain around my leg Twenty-nine links A chain around my leg Twenty-nine links A chain around my leg And on each link An initial of my name it Takes a worried man To sing a worried song man to sing a worried song it takes a worried man to sing a worried song I'm worried now but I won't be worried long I asked that judge what might be my fine I asked that judge what might be my fine I asked that judge what might be my fine he said 21 years on the Rocky Mountain line out, 16 coaches long, train pulled out, 16 coaches long, train pulled out, 16 coaches long, the one I love, she's on that train and gone, it takes a worried man to sing a worried song, it takes a worried man to sing a worried song, it takes a worried man Sing a worried song, I'm worried now, but I won't be worried long. I looked down the track just as far as I could see. I looked down the track just as far as I could see. I looked down the track just as far as I could see. A little bit of hand was waving after me. It takes a worried man to sing a worried song. It takes a worried man to sing a worried song. It takes a worried man to sing a worried song. It takes a worried man to sing a worried song. I'm worried now, but I won't be worried long. I'm worried now, but I won't be worried long. Thank you very much. Wonderful job, all of you. Uh, this next song is um, a bit of a treat for me. Um, early in the pandemic, um, so I do a little photography on the side. Uh, I, uh, I have an art degree that I um, don't use much in my IT job during the day, but, uh, but I enjoy taking pictures out in the world. Um, and 
early on in the pandemic, I had suggested to my daughter, uh, Elena, who is um, here with us today, um, who is studying creative writing up at Hamlin University just up the road. Um, I suggested that she take on a writing project that used some of my photos as inspiration. So I said, just pick whatever you want and you know, write something about it. I don't care if it's a story or a poem or whatever. And so she wrote, um, she wrote a number of poems based on photographs, and, and I, we collaborated on that, and I put those photos and those poems together into a, a book that we self-published. And um, when I was looking for another song to play today, I thought to myself, well, I'll, I'll look, for, look at one of those poems, and I'll see if I can't turn it back around and see if I can't do something with, with that, that one of those poems. So I took one of her poems and um, turned it into a song. And this song is called Lullaby for the Restless. Cradle me, blue moon deep, send the weary souls to sleep. Where light lays beyond the sound, never ending, lost and found. Shine you down on a limb that wends its sickly bark around the bend. Moonlit ghosts don't play pretend, making them my truest friends. Cradle rock, cradle blow. Fragile truths the night winds blow Rise and sink into the fold Spindly branches tighten hold Cold blue moon curving in Shedding off her thicker skin A well-worn fabric pale and thin The veil is peeled from my sleepy sin Cradle fall, tumbling down, the broken bow never making sound. Turning over, spinning round, dreaming eyes never see the ground. Reaching down, arms of light, cradle me like a feather slight. Floating carelessly alight, in the silver hands of night Cradle me, blue moon deep Send the weary souls to sleep Where light lays beyond the sound Never ending, lost and found Where light lays beyond the sound Never ending, lost and found Thank you very much. Join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer petition with God and your mercy, and I invite you to respond Hear our prayer. Let's pray. God of mercy, we pray that you would draw near with your redemption, however subtly or extraordinarily, something to ease the fear and foreboding across the globe. In the midst of the ecological crises, we pray for steps towards restoration. 
In the midst of whatever new mutations the virus throws at us, we pray for good science and caring communities. We pray that humans will grow in understanding, love, generosity, that we might slowly and surely come to the sort of strength that will help us face the threats together. We seem to be a little far from this currently. We pray that you will bring us closer. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, as we go deeper into the darkness this Advent season, help us face it clear-eyed with open hearts, knowing that you come to the broken through brokenness. You sit down next to those who are sick and lonely and afraid. Help us not to close ourselves up to protect our strength or to keep our hearts from breaking or preserve some sort of insular well-being. Open us in the dark as we wait for the light, the good news of great joy for all people. God, in your mercy. God, in mercy, help us navigate this season of consumption with an imagination that might keep us from feeding the beast, even as we long to demonstrate our love through giving. Help us do the things that give us life and those around us life, instead of those things that seem to take it away. We pray for all of those who struggle with the holidays. God, in your mercy. God, in mercy, we pray for healing, spiritual, mental, and physical. We pray that you would reach those who are suffering and provide some relief. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, hear our confessions and expressions of gratitude and all of our prayers as we pause for silence. More than we can imagine, and you forgive us all of our sin. Thank you. Amen. When I was but a boy in days of childhood, I used to play till evening shadows come. Then winding down an old familiar pathway, I heard my mother call that settled son. Come home, come home, it's supper time. The shadows lengthen fast. Come home, come home, it's supper time. We're going home, my One day beside her bedside I was kneeling And angel wings were winnowing the air She heard the call for supper time in heaven 
And I know she's waiting for me there Come home, come home It's supper time The shadows lengthen fast Come home, come home It's supper time We're going home at last In visions now I see her stand yonder In her familiar voice I hear once more Banquet tables ready up in heaven it's supper time upon the golden shore Come home, come home It's supper time The shadows lengthen past Come home, come home It's supper time we're going home at last. Tonight's gospel reading is from Luke 21, 25 to 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among the nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you this, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord. It snowed hard for three days. The sun never got a chance. Couldn't make it through the clouds. It was dark by three in the afternoon, and the wind blew knives. The snow wasn't that unusual for early December, but it didn't usually get this cold until January. The coffee shop was nearly empty. Most people were smart enough to stay at home. He sat in his regular booth, head down. He stuck a finger in his coffee to confirm it was cold. I don't even know how long I've been sitting here, he thought. 
But then he told himself that that was ridiculous. No one really ever thinks to themselves, I don't know how long I've been sitting here. That's something that someone writes about a character. He didn't know how long that he'd been sitting there, is what they would write. And even if it were the case, the case for himself or some character in his story, one doesn't remain in that state for very long, or at least doesn't need to. A more likely scenario would be for, for that somebody, even himself, would get a sudden thought that would interrupt their lost-in-thought episode, the sudden thought being something like, oh, what time is it? And then they would look at the clock on the wall or their phone, and they would not only know what time it is, but they would have half the information they needed to figure out how long they'd been sitting there. He easily recalled what time he'd sat down. They started looking at the ironically purchased sad clown painting that hung on the wall too low, directly across the table from him. It was like he was having coffee with the clown. But that thought led to another, and then that thought led to another, which led to the sudden interrupting thought, oh, what time is it? Which led to the whole argument with himself about whether or not one would realistically say of oneself, I don't know how long I've been sitting here. He sipped the cold coffee, hoping to swallow this whole train of thought. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. A real Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation, he thought. Everyone knew the expression. Nearly everyone knew the story. Probably most as some culturally acquired knowledge, cultural seepage. A lot probably knew it from the more than 30 films, and some knew it from the Robert Louis Stevenson book. He'd read the book once in junior high, when he'd stayed at home from school sick, and his mom made him stay in his bed and wouldn't let him lay on the couch and watch TV. His aunt had given the book to him for his birthday a couple years before, and he'd never even thought of reading it. But he was bored, and he saw it on the shelf, and this time was evidently the right time, because having noticed it there on many occasions, this time he thought, I might read that. He read the whole book straight through, not even putting it down while he ate his chicken noodle soup. The whole thing, straight through. He'd never done that before. It was scary. It was scary. He remembered thinking as he was reading, this is really scary. And when he finished the book, when he closed the back cover, he felt afraid. Not of any particular passage from the book, he just felt the sensation of fear, like real fear. He was afraid, and he felt smart. He felt smart because he had read a whole book in one sitting, and one of those old books, too. He would not have guessed that the combination of feeling afraid and feeling smart would produce a kind of euphoria. He just sat there in his bed, sat still until the sensation subsided. Thinking of that moment now in the coffee shop, in the cold, alone, the sensation returned briefly. Well, most people use the phrase Jekyll and Hyde or approach the story for whatever reason, they do so with the knowledge that 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are the same person. I mean, that's sort of the point of, rem of the remark. One person acting two extremely different ways. But what most people don't realize, because they didn't read the book, is that Robert Louis Stevenson doesn't reveal that Jekyll and Hyde are the same person until the end of the book. For most of the book, it reads like a mystery novel. He wondered how far into most people's lives they find out that they are both, that they have it in them both to be Jekyll and Hyde. Hopefully not at the end, he thought, but maybe some never do. More likely it's a, a cycle of realization and forgetting. He didn't know a lot about Freud or psychoanalysis, but one time last winter, when it was crowded in the coffee shop, a girl sat down across from him, and they started talking, and she was studying psychoanalysis, which seemed cool and interesting. And she said she'd been in psychoanalysis herself for seven years. He didn't even know that that was a thing anymore, which is what he said to her. He actually said, I didn't even know that was a thing anymore. And she just repeated the question, a thing anymore? And thankfully, she continued what she was saying. What a complete idiot he was. He felt embarrassed just thinking about it even now. You didn't know it was a thing anymore? He literally hit himself in the forehead with the butt of his palm. Idiot, he thought. Then he thought, what is it? What is wrong with me? That was a year ago. It wasn't a crime. I just said something, not even a bad or mean or wrong something, just a conversation something, and now I'm hitting myself in the head about it a year later? And then he thought, and now I'm scolding myself about hating myself. Why am I like this? He asked himself punitively. He tipped his coffee mug back and took a big swallow, finishing the cold coffee. He had told her that he thought psychoanalysis was like out of favor or had been disproven or something. Not at all. Not at all, she said. No, it's more prominent in Europe now than it's ever been. It's just the United States. You know, the insurance companies, they paid for a whole bunch of studies to put it in a bad light and caricature it. They even paid to have it portrayed as a joke in a whole bunch of movies. Why do they care, he'd asked her. Why do they care, she had responded excitedly. Why do insurance companies care about anything? Money, he offered timidly. Yes, money. When you're in analysis, you go five days a week for five, ten years. Do you think insurance companies want everybody doing that? Medication is much cheaper. Or they claim that it is. They came up with all these uh, alternative therapies, like uh, brief relational therapy, or BRT, or brief, psycho, brief psychodynamic therapy, BPT, and limited time dynamic therapy, TLDP. They will tell you studies show that they're much more effective. And, you just, and guess what? You'll be better in just six months. After that conversation, he got excited about Freud and psychoanalysis, briefly excited. He'd read a Wikipedia article and checked some books out of the library, but he just glanced through them. He didn't read them. He didn't return them either. 
He could not believe that that girl had gone to analysis five days a week for seven years. She'd told them that one day her analyst had just said that she was done, that she was a fully integrated self. That had really intrigued him. A fully integrated self. Was that possible? Like, what even is it? She seemed happy. But, you know, she didn't seem like superior or like a superior being or anything. He wondered if he could become a fully integrated self or how long it would take him. One place he read that the average length in analysis was 5.7 years for phobias and depression, uncomplicated by ego deficits. It was much shorter. He didn't know for sure what an ego deficit was, but he was pretty sure he had one. And then it said it took longer for more serious disturbances such as obnoxiousness, severe passivity, or heinous procrastination. It really said that phobias and depression were not that big a problem, but obnoxiousness, severe passivity, and heinous procrastination, boy, then you're in for the long haul. After he read that, he gave up on ever achieving a fully integrated self. Jerry came over and nudged him in the shoulder. Hey, snap out of it. I'm closing up early, all this snow. My regular guys can't get here. I got to clear these sidewalks and get home. What? Snap out of, of what? Snap out of what? You know, what you do. You come in here all the time and you sit here and you, you pick on yourself. What do you mean, pick on myself? You know, you run yourself down, you call yourself names, I can see you doing it. How do you know that that's what I'm doing? I'm just thinking about things. What things? What names? What do you mean, what names? What names do you call yourself when you're picking on yourself? He said nothing, but immediately thought, idiot, loser, obnoxious, heinous procrastinator. Let me ask you this, Jerry. Jerry looked impatient. I really got to get shoveling. But he sat down. Ask. Well, what do you think? Like, Jekyll sees humans filled with good and bad and natures, and he wants to separate them out so he can get rid of the bad self. And Freud thinks that, that the problem is that we aren't fully integrated selves, I think. But... Jerry got up. Look, I really have got to get out of here. It's just piling up out there. But just... Jerry looked at him and smiled a half smile and quoted, Give up the search for salvation. It's selfish. Is that Nietzsche? St. Benedict. Give up the search for salvation. It's selfish. Well, then what do I do? You know what, Jerry said? Let me get you a hot cup of coffee. You just stay put. There's a road that's straight and narrow that the saints have traveled Paved with all the tribulations of the martyrs that have come. If you're grateful for their victories, for showing us the way, then give thanks for all your blessings. Get on your knees and pray. Thank God. Flower in each tree 
Selfishness and greed. There remains the glory found to supply our every need. You can find it in the temple with the welcome on the door. But be sure to count your blessings before you ask for more. Thank God for every flower and each tree. Thank God for all the mountains and the seas. Given to the wayward, like the master told us to, when he said to give them fall. You've been listening to the House of Mercy podcast. You can experience all this live every Sunday at 5. Check houseofmercy.org for all the details. House of Mercy is a church in St. Paul. You should come. It's not that bad. Thank God for every flower in each tree. Thank God.